the Sport Industry Access Podcast, episode 148. What does it take to pursue a career as a sports scientist? Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who is a sports expert in a specific field in the sports industry, especially if you want to pursue a career in sports science and high-performance coaching. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Christian Woodford. Christian is a high-performance coach and owner of Woodford Sports Science Consulting, where he specialises in neuromuscular strength and power development for athletes with regards to their human performance. For that reason, it's brilliant to have Christian as a special guest on the show, and that's when today's episode, Christian will share his sports grid journey and explain to you what it takes to pursue a career in sports science. Christian, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show. Please, could you share your sports career journey to listeners? When did it all start? First of all, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. As I said, you off air. I appreciate anyone uh, reaching out to me, regardless if it's in Australia or abroad. Thank you very much. I appreciate for, uh, you for having me on the show. And I mean, for me, really, it started when I was a younger kid. In Australia, we play Australian rules football. I don't, are you, are you do your listeners, do you know what Australian rules football is? Have you ever seen it? I have watched it. It's, it's very good. A lot of fitness required. Yes, it's a physically very, very taxing game. You need development of all three uh, metabolic pathways, energy system pathways. So I played that growing up since I was six years old. And also cricket. You, you know cricket, obviously. So I played football cricket growing up from six, seven years old all the way through. And that kind of taught me really a love for competitive sport, but also for the appreciation of physical development needed to perform at high levels, to perform but also to reduce chance injury. So that's where kind of my obsession, my love for training came into it. But also on top of that, I started training in a gym at about, well, I think the age here was about 14 years old, but I got my first dumbbell set at 12. And ever since 12 years old, I've been obsessed with understanding the science, the performance science behind performance, behind training, everything like that. So that was kind of my journey from six years old, I had to stop playing competitive sport when I started Woodford seven years ago. And it was unfortunate, but if you're, if you're, for all those people listening, when you run a business, you have to be willing to give up a few things. And for me, I gave up um, playing football and cricket, but for me, it gave me this business. It gave me something I love and um, my career. Christian, before we talk about your business, just going back in time, can you remember that moment and you mentioned it very briefly but can you remember that sort of career decision when you wanted to work in like the sports performance pathway and would you mind sharing to listeners your sort of academic background to where it's led you to where you are now yeah so everyone out there I've got a undergrad in exercise science sports science which was a three-year undergrad degree after that I graduated with high distinction high distinction and I got offered in the honours program um, the honours program is um, completed by research. Now, most people out there, most people do research 
in sports performance on in terms of physiology. Now, for me personally, I wasn't obsessed with physiology. In my second year of university, I completed a, a subject called motor control. Motor meaning the prefix movements. Um, control, obviously, control of it. Um, so I got obsessed with what we call neuroscience, exercise neuroscience specifically. Um, and I was lucky enough to be um, invited into an honours with Dr. Alan Pierce. Now, if anyone knows the name Alan Pierce, he's the leading researcher right now in Australia on concussion-based research. Now, concussion is a, con- um, a contentious topic right now around the world, especially in gridiron, um, uh, high-contact sports where there's repeated cushion, re- repeat concussion and where there's an issue with what we call CTE. Um, and CT is pretty much CT is pretty much neural degeneration, um, nervous system degeneration over time, and there's been a lot of issues with it. So, I was lucky to do an honors project looking at um, how to overcome a strength plateau in highly trained individuals, and looking at the neurophysiological response. Um, we use a technique called TMS, which is transcranial magnetic stimulation. Um, pretty much, what we do is we stimulate and via magnetic field, uh, the M1, for everyone out there, the M1 is stored is, is stored in the what we call the frontal lobe of the brain. And the frontal lobe of the brain is where pretty much you get all the movement patterns that are created. Um, and that's what I looked at. So I looked at what is the best movement speed to overcome a strength plateau in highly trained uh, lifters. And I looked at, obviously, put some performance measures, 1RM uh, back squat, um, uh, and we looked at some um, uh, power-like explosive measures as well. We looked at the counter movement jump and the state jump for the um, non-stretch shortened cycle. So that was my honours year in fourth year now. So that's four years of university study. And also I started my master's um, in strength and conditioning. Um, I did two subjects, but for me, I'll be completely honest you, I wasn't going to learn any more. Not that I'm saying I can't learn any more, but I thought I had to really keep applying my trade. Um, what, what you're going to get through this when you talk to me is about my coaching is – I learn more by experience. I learn more by coaching. Not saying that I can't learn through theory anymore, but not like I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. I'm never ever going to find something out in terms of logistics so far that is going to make me change my main core um, ways of training systems. Like everyone, I work towards. Um, I work within a scientific framework, and from there, I use my practical experience to understand what works, what doesn't work in the performance injury reduction and also rehab realm. So that's my academic background. Um, in terms of, Ed, you asked me, when was the moment I wanted to work in terms of um, performance? I think that was for me personally when I was 16 years old and I missed out on a cut, um, like a, what you call a rep team for football. They told my dad and mum that I was too small and not strong enough. And I took that to heart and I said, okay, well, how do I get bigger? How do we get stronger? How do we get faster? And that's when I started to learn more about, that's kind of gave me the kick to say, hey, I want to learn more about how I can develop myself physically to perform at my sport and reduce injury. So that was my big moment, getting cut from that team. It really hurt me. But like anything in my life, I look at failure as a learning thing. I don't look at failure as a negative thing. Um, A lot of people view failure as purely a negative thing. I, I learn from it. I get better from it. I never, ever take no for an answer. And one thing is I'm very determined. Uh, if I want something, I go get it. And I think that if you don't have that mindset in life, you'll never go anywhere. So that was the moment for me. And that was the moment I knew that I had, I wanted to train athletes. Re- and, and regardless of what level, I'll view anyone, regardless, but, and pro, semi-pro, amateur weekend warrior, whatever level it is, I didn't care. I was just obsessed with learning as much as I can on sports performance and injury reduction.
Christian, I can definitely hear your enthusiasm and your positive energy. Just looking at sports science as a bigger picture now, as an industry perspective, have you seen sports science influence elite sport from the last 10 years relating to your experience? Um, oh, good question. Um, listen, we're too far right now. We've gone way too far, especially in Australia, on the, the science-based side. Way too far. Ridiculous. All that, look, I think data is good. Quantitative, objective data, fantastic, because that's going to help us in terms of our programming selections, our load understanding of how to auto-regulate better with more justification. Fantastic. GPS, um, heart rate, variability, um, all these metrics that we can use, accelerometers, force platforms, you know, stuff like this is great. But I think the biggest issue for me is we've gone too far in terms of using these gizmos and gadgets when the art of being a coach is so misunderstood. And one thing I believe I'm so good at is the art of coaching. I think for me, I wasn't the smartest. And you, your listeners might be thinking, oh, I've followed you for a while. You know, you're educated. You know, I'm only educated because I truly love what I do. I'm very passionate and I want to learn it. But the art of being a coach is something that you can't be taught in textbooks. It can't be taught in a classroom. You have to roll up your sleeves and you're going to say to yourself, I've got to go out and I've got to be willing to talk to people, to communicate, to build relationships and to, to build a real strong trust with someone. And that's my ability. My ability is to – and this is not everyone. Like I, I can pick and choose who I work with. I only work with people who are my type – like when I say my type of people, they're, they're going to have a similar mindset to me because I've coached people who haven't worked with me before. I know that the, the athlete I, I can work with. I'll be honest with you, I have a certain type of athlete I need to work with. Um, but saying that I like the challenge sometimes working with a different personality, but I think we've gone too far on this on the sports science gadget side. You know, the, the the latest and greatest when the foundations we don't need to reinvent the wheel. Keeping as simple as possible, and using the art of buying and communication, really getting to know the athlete. I think we we need to go back to the art of being a coach a little bit better. But once again, it's a 50-50 thing. If you have those resources available, use them. But some of the best programs Ed, aren't the multi-million dollar programs. They're the ones on low-budget shoestring. They're the ones that just nail the basic, the fundamentals. And they're the ones that, you know, I believe are the best programs in the world. Christian, what you're talking about highly relates to today's podcast topic. What does it take to pursue a career as a sports science coach in high-performance setting? It's hard. It's not easy. You've got to be willing to pay your dues. And unfortunately, you've got to do that. I went to America. Well, look, if you look at my um, resume, so this is for all your listeners. This is, and this is for free. Now, I want everyone to remember, this is what I did. You, it's, I'm not saying that mine's the best way of doing things, but this is my experience. I'll go even back to when I started. So let's look at what I did. So this is in 2008. I was a strength coach for um, a rep team in the um, uh, under, under 18s, under 19s. I was a fitness coach for the youth team at the professional um, soccer in, we have in Australia. I was a head sports scientist at our state under national uh, uh, Metro under 14 National Carnival. I was a head strength and conditioning coach of a football, an amateur football team. I was an intern for one of our institute systems. I was a strength and conditioning coach for um, our state gridiron team. I was an assistant strength and conditioning coach for our um, uh, country strength and conditioning team for our gridiron strength and conditioning team in Australia. I was a rehab coach and personal trainer at Genesis, a local gym, for seven years or five years. And I did a strength and conditioning internship in America at a Div 1 college for four months. They were all unpaid positions. The only paid position I got paid for was the one at the local gym and at the head sports scientist in the Metro Carnival. 
So you have to pay your dues, um, and that's over a long space of time. So this, I didn't wake up, this just happened. This was through building my CV, building my experience across a number of different sports, and building my networks. You've got to have real strong knowledge, but then you also have to have the ability to be able to get to network with people. You've got to know what works in the real world. I mean, what's theoretical is always practical. What's done in a, a lab-based setting um, won't always work in a team environment or won't always work in the private setting in terms of it could be one-on-one or a small semi-private session. So kind of understanding the differences there, I call it the 80-20 rule. When you're at uni, it's 80% theory, 20% practical. You come out, you're like, holy crap. It's uh, 80%. Once once we flip, it's 20% theory, 80% practical. So you've got to kind of be willing to, A, pay your dues, B, build your networks, and C, as as, as one of my um, uh, guys I interviewed a long time ago, um, used to be the high-performance manager of a professional football team here in Australia, he said, be in a rush to be excellent, not successful. Too many young kids, um, young app coaches want to rush the process. Don't rush the process. Take your time, build your networks, stay passionate and really care. You know, wherever you are, it doesn't matter where you are at your coaching ranks. Kill it where you're at. Build your name wherever. Stop thinking that you want to work professional sport and think that's the be all and end all because you're never going to fucking make it then. And don't think you will make it because if you're chasing that and you want to use that as clout, as you'd say, I'd say clout in terms of think think you're the better than anyone. For me, you're not. I say to people is just regardless of the under-14s junior team, do your best anywhere you're at and trust me, you will get there one day if you stick at it. But don't just always aim professional sport because you if that's your if you're only doing it for that and chasing the tracksuit, you're never going to make it because times get hard. Trust me. Um, so you got to stick at it. Christian, this is music to my ears, and I really do hope the listeners take that on board. Just reflecting what you've just said, out of interest, what core skill have you developed over the years? Uh, the ability to just not care about what people think about me. I don't really care. I'm 33. You have to have a thick skin in this game. Because there's not many jobs, um, especially if you have my notoriety. It, okay, let's say you work in the private sector. You've got to be willing to put up with a fair bit of um, criticism. Let's say you're in professional semi-pro sport or even junior elite sport. People are going to criticise you. People want your job. There's not enough supply over meets demand. And people will always criticise you, think they can do better. That's fine. You have to have a thick skin. You have to have inner self-belief. If you do not have belief in this industry, you're done. And that's not to say you have to be arrogant about it. You've got to be willing to go in there and you've got to be willing to really back your ability in. I back my ability in with anyone. Um, I uh, Professionals come to me all year round. And for me, I look at them like anyone else, like an amateur. I treat them the same. They're still an individual. I don't look at them as pure. I don't look at anyone as a, a, in terms of, oh, that's so-and-so. He's a professional athlete. I couldn't give a sh- shit about in terms of who they are, how much money they make. It's all... I look at them as a person, train them as an individual. Who is the person, right? Because if you train them like it's this guy here who's on half a million dollars or like a guy who I trained this year who's on, I think, $750,000 per year and he came in the off-season, right? If I looked at him like that and, and was overawed with him, I'll never get anything done. But I look at them as people first. You know, who, who are they as a person? I get to know the, them as people. And then once I get to know that, then I view them as – and then I, then I look at developing as an athlete. And this is very important for your listeners, the young coach to understand is get to know them as people. Don't worry about their status or who they are. Stuff that off. First of all, who are they as a person? What is their inner why? Find it and then build from there. 
Um, don't get too overawed with it's so-and-so who plays professional sport for me. It's all about that. It's about who they are as people and then developing them as an athlete. Was this the reason what inspired you to set up your own business out of interest? Yeah, 100%, mate, 100%. Uh, for me, it's I am who I am. I'm passionate. People take me completely the wrong way. Like, I will always help out this industry to move forward. I love this industry. I would Personally, I'd sacrifice my life for this industry. If I could put a bullet in my head, you might think this is weird, but I'll tell everyone this. I'll put a bullet in my head tomorrow if I know this industry could be better. If I if I, if I could look at night a genie in a bottle, right, and I said this industry will be everything that I've ever wanted to be and then I could be the guy to do that for the rest of my life and leave a, leave a legacy that will last long and long, I'd put a bullet in my head straight away because I, I care about my legacy more than anything where a lot of people in this industry don't care about that. They own, It's called self-preservation. That's all they care about, them, them, them. This is the reason why this industry in Australia has never grown in the private sector because no one's ever been willing to be transparent, to be open. No one's ever been willing like me to go on social media and say how it is. For me, I've been wanting to be hated to develop the industry. And that's my thing. I went to the private sector because I can control my life. I can develop a, a, a brand that's associated with being the best in the world, the highest level quality content, and I can give back. Now, if I work professional sport, my personality, I conflict with a lot of people because I'm a polarizing individual and I just don't give a fuck what anyone thinks about me. I'm good at my job and I know that, but I'm willing to go out and say it where a lot of people aren't willing to say it, I am. My thing is I respect everyone until they disrespect me or my family or my friends. We'll always respect, like yourself, Ed, you message me. I didn't have to take it on, but I did. I don't care how many followers you have. I don't care how many people fight. It doesn't matter for me. I just care about helping this industry move forward, regardless where you are. And if I can educate more people, Ed, I'll educate more people. Christian, firstly, it ain't crazy. It's all about doing the reps and building a brand that really represents who you are and where your vision wants to be. And that's that's for all the listeners, including myself. Would you mind explaining to listeners what services you provide with regards to your business, especially if people are listening in Australia? Yeah, so so if we look at the services we offer, athletic development services such as physical preparation for total, the total athlete. Now, we work anywhere from 10 years old. That's 10 years old. So any parents listening, listen up. 10 years old. I could go on about junior athletic development, especially female netballers. Junior netball. So if you know the sport netball, we see so many young female netballs right now with ruptured ACLs from non-contact um, ACLs. Big, big issue. But a lot of female athletes, they don't want to do structured st- physical preparation programs because the parents are so stuck in the past, they think they know what's better. And it's frustrating to see this because it's creating a lot of issues laid down the line of these for these females. But that's a whole other topic. But 10 years old, all the way up to senior ranks. We train pro, semi-pro, amateur, weekend warrior for athlete performance, um, injury reduction. But a big one we also do is rehab, and we integrate our model with rehab. So early stage rehab from diagnosis because we go to a performance physiotherapist in-house all the way up to successful return to perform. So we have a very integrated model at Woodford. It's S&C combined with physiotherapy where mostly in Australia it's literally physios by itself and they do the full rehab. For me, I never ever go to my scope, Ed, never. I always pass on to the professional, e.g. performance physiotherapist e.g. performance dietitian. That's why we have all this in-house. We're one-stop shop for all your athletic development needs. So for me, um, that's the services that we offer. We offer online coaching as well. I do as well. We offer mentorships. We offer certifications. We offer everything. Um, if you go to woodfordshop.com, we have e-books, 
online DVDs. We have um, hard copy DVDs. We Name it, we've got it. Woodfordshop.com for all that. I have my own website, christianwoodford.com, to see what I've done. And Woodford has its own website as well, woodfordssc.com, if you guys want to know more. We've coached number one draft picks. We've coached NBL players. We've coached AFL players. You name every professional sport we've ever coached. I always find it funny, Ed, because when I started seven years ago, nearly seven years ago, I got told there was no market in the private sector to do what I what I do. No market. <laughs> I laugh at that because now everyone's saying they do it. You know, it just takes one person to win a guy out and have a crack, and that was me, and I've opened the whole industry up. And uh, as my 2 IC always said, who's been there for six years with me, he says a lot of people owe you a debt of gratitude because of what I did and put my neck out and copped the criticism. But I, when you're the first to do something, you cop criticism. But at some at some point, you cop the praise. And um, I do get a lot of love, and I do appreciate the support I do get. But these days, it's funny. Uh, there's so many performance centers popping up, and I'm glad I could be a big catalyst for that. I'm not saying I was the only the first one to do it in Australia. I wasn't because there was a guy, Darren McInn- McInnes, um, around St Kilda, Balaclava. He he was doing uh, athlete development coaching uh, in Balaclava and St Kilda, but. I was the first one to actively promote it heavily on social media. And I got a lot of hate. I got a lot of love. It is what it is. But I'm talking to you right now, which is fantastic. So I'm glad I did it and I don't have a regret in the world. Look, I'm learning so much from you from this conversation. Out of interest, what have you been up to recently? Well, I've just come back from Perth. So I do a lot of workshops. So if you're listening out there, I know a lot of people want to get me to the UK. So get me to the UK. I think that um, my next, I'm going to go, uh, I went my first international workshop. New Zealand, um, even though it's like it's our you know brothers and sisters, but it's still international. I went on uh, my first, this is first international workshop, and um, I had the head strength and conditioning coach of the Crusaders Super Fifteen. They won the world championships. He was hosting it, and um, yeah, he, he's a legend. So shout out to Simon Thomas, and uh, I had him there, and um, a few other guys who worked in professional sport. Um, so the fact that I could have that many people, that high level coach. At my first international workshop was fantastic. I had a great time there. I was just recently at a workshop in Western Australia. I do a lot of workshops around Australia um, to upskill, to coaches, to trainers, anyone who wants to learn uh, my way of doing things. And my way is not the only way, but it is a way that works. It's proven. I get results. We get my company gets results. So I do a lot of traveling with that. Um, my next step is to go to the um, UK market. I don't know if you know. Do you know Adam Meerkins? No. Okay, so for your listeners, Adam Meerkins is a physiotherapist slash strength conditioning coach. He's quite well known. You should do a podcast with him, Ed. He's crazy. He's from the UK. Him and I are going to do a workshop. I want to go to the UK sometime next year. So if anyone from the UK is listening to this and they want to bring me across and have me come talk, have me talk to their staff, sell tickets to um, – uh, one of my workshops, trust me, I give you value. I give I, I, I give you, trust me, the promotion I bring is heavy, um, but I love what I do. Um, if you're interested, please email. And I, Ed, do you put links, links up at the end, like in the bio and stuff like that? Yeah, right at the end there will be. Um, we'll ha- I'll whack that in uh, without a doubt. Sorry, so I was just going to say, it's just, um, if you're interested in that, just go email my PA. It's Kieran, K-E-R-Y-N, at woodfordssc.com if you're interested in bringing me over from Australia to the UK to get me talk and um, for my workshops. That's awesome. Just really quickly, relating back to your career now, Christian, just on a personal note, sorry, what have you enjoyed the most from your sports career journey looking back right now? We're talking about coaching or playing? Both. 
Um, I think the relationships I build with people, I think that um, it's a special thing to have really strong relationships with your coaches, with your teammates. That was my biggest thing. I think my athletes that I coach now, I have really strong bonds with. Um, if you're listening and you're a younger coach or you're an experienced coach, I think you'd understand is it's building relationships. I just love – I love – I'm a people person. I'm extroverted. I don't shy away from that. I used to do that shy away until I started Woodford, my company. I was never really being true to myself. But as I said, care what people thought. And I just – I'm a good person. People kind of get me wrong because of my passion. I'm willing to help out anyone if you're going to be, if you're going to be good to me. I'm loyal as hell. And, um, yeah, I just love – I love helping people out. I love coaching. I love helping someone, aiding someone go from A to B and helping them with their journey. And I think it's fantastic. I'm very humbled that so many people from around the world want to either A, talk to me on their podcast or B, hire me as a consultant their coaching. I'm just, I don't know, I'm just humbled. Seven years in and I'm only 32 years old. I'm not – and I started this industry at 19. So I'm only 32, you know. Hopefully I look younger. Ed, you saw me before. Hopefully I look a young man still. But – I um yeah I'm 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 privileged to do what I do. Christian, you always look young, my man. Age is just a number. And honestly, I, I cannot express how much I'm enjoying this conversation. And I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview. And you've provided bags of sports career guidance advice. But I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What advice would you give to any young coach just starting out with regards to their coaching career journey and three tips? Number one, stick to the basics. That's the first thing. Stop trying to reinvent the wheel. Stop trying to impress people. Stop trying to think that, like, this annoys the shit out of me when a younger coach comes to me and they're like, all you do is the basics. But here's one thing I'll tell you. Success leaves clues. Look at the best coaches in the world. Vern Gambetta, Joe DeFranco, my idol, Joe DeFranco. What do they do? Now the fundamentals, the basics. I had a young kid say to me, all you do is the basics, Woody. Now, my thing is about me, I'll do three to four movements. If you're a young coach, stop thinking that it's impressive to do all these advanced techniques. You're doing it for your own ego. Pull your head in. Stick to the basics. Master, hinge, squat, push, pull, jump, land, sprint, change direction. Coach, coach, and then coach some more. And then understand that the basics work 99% of the time. I'm sick of these. I'm sick of young kids coming out with their head up their ass thinking they're better than what they are. Pay your dues. Pull your head in. Um, that's the first thing. Stick to the basics. The second thing is... Don't be in a rush. Stop being in a rush to think that you're worth more than what you are. I took, I got paid nothing, zero dollars for so long, but I built my name from nothing. If you think you're worth that much money, do it yourself. If not, pay your dues. Stop thinking, oh, I, I want this or that. Stop putting your hand out. Earn your worth. That's the most important thing is to earn your worth. Take your time, build your CV, build your right to, to get paid because it's a privilege to coach athletes. That's probably number two. And number three, last of all, is just enjoy it. No, enjoy enjoy it. Have passion for what you do. I see so many people complaining and whinging. You know, for me, I love this job. This is a Friday night I'm talking to you, Ed. A Friday night, I'm at my mate's house. He's got his kids out there. Um, I'm sitting in his office. You know, the dog's barking. But you know what? I would do this at any time because I love what I do, man. I love what I do, and I, I would not be in this position if it wasn't for my, my family, my mother, my father. Um, my, 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 my dad is – my mum and dad are my biggest supporters. Uh, I love my parents so much for what they've done for my career. I would not be the person I am today without them. I would not be in this position. I, I, uh, my, two, my two closest staff 
Um, Jay Ellis, who's my 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 two I see my 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 guy, who without him I'm stuffed. Um, Jay Davies, my operations manager. Um, those two guys have been uh, it's rock solid. Um, so I can't build this without them or my staff. Um, they've been brilliant. They've always backed me, and I've had some hard times the last three years, but I, I, I've stuck at it. And um, I want to give a shout out to all of them because I am not they, I am nothing without my my my, my staff. Um, they make me. I'm just the face of it, um, Ed. I'm the ugly face of it. But without them, I'm nothing. And my athletes, all the athletes of Woodford, anyone who supported me, I love you so much. I can't. You can't thank you. If you're listening to this, thank you so much for your support because I would not be in this position today that I am right now without all you guys, even yourself, Ed. Thank you. I'm very privileged. Once again, I'm humbled. I'm not like one of those dickheads who think they're um, better than anyone, anyone else. I'm not. I'm just a guy who's um, uh, it built my. I built myself up. It took me this long, but. I'm in a position right now to really um, transform the industry and help help it move forward. Christian, I wish you could see my face. I've got a massive smile because for me, I admire your attitude a hell of a lot. And also for me, why I started this podcast three years ago with regards to connecting education to sport, this podcast episode is highlighting that. Out of interest, and I know you provided your links already, but would you mind sharing to the listeners how people connect with you online? God, there's a lot. You ready for this? All right, here you go. So... I have personal, my personal page. My thing is everyone says to me, oh, why do you, for a Facebook, why do you, your personal page open for people to follow you? Because Christian Woodford, the coach, is the same as Christian Woodford in real life. I am the same person. I'm not going to have, you know, that's how I view my life is I am, I live, breathe, shit, eat this, what I do. This is not, I don't, this is 24-7 me. I don't switch off. This is who I am. So Christian Woodford personal page, if you want to find me, find me. Christian Woodford, the coach page. I've got Woodford Sports Science Consulting, the Facebook page. I have Twitter at Coach Woodford, Instagram at Coach Woodford, Woodford SSC for the Instagram. I have my, as you um, got, Ed, um, my LinkedIn. I provide a lot of value on LinkedIn. And they're the main social media platforms you can um, view me from. Every social media platform, I'm on YouTube, YouTube, Christian Woodford. Check out my show, Ask Woodford. Um, that'd be fantastic. A lot of Woodford videos out there, fantastic. I interview a lot of uh, coaches, a lot of um, academics. Uh, well, one academic so far, Alan Bierce on concussion, my old honest researcher. Um, so check that out. I, I interview a lot of athletes as well, get a lot of tips. Um, and you can see a lot of videos of my coaching. As you know, Ed, I give a, little, a lot of information, a lot of high-quality, theoretical and practical, real-world information for you athletes to learn how to get results. That is great to all the listeners listening in. All those links will be on my website relating to this blog post. Christian, I appreciate your time. I've really enjoyed this podcast chat. And thank you again for being on the show. Thanks, Ed. Appreciate it. Thanks, mate. Wow. What a fantastic podcast chat with Christian. Percy, for me, this is what the Sport Industry Access podcast is all about with regards to really digging deep with somebody's sports career journey. And Christian, the biggest learning lesson I've learned from him is his character, his enthusiasm and his real desire to actually make an impact in the sports industry. But most of all, which he's taught me the most is be bold with your actions and really be passionate with regards to the work you do. You can't be half measured when pursuing a career in the sports industry. You've got to go full in. And really, that's what Christian has taught me the most. And with regards to today's podcast chat, I hope you've got a better understanding what it takes to pursue a career in the sports science sector and also coaching as well, like Christian's coaching and the importance of having relationships with your player, he even mentioned it's more important than the actual athlete he's with. 
He doesn't care if it's an amateur to an elite professional. It's building those relationships to create results. That's what it's all about. And that's why I admire the most from Christian and his journey. And I really do hope you've taken a lot of career points from this podcast chat, which you can apply to your sports career journey, not just in coaching, not just in sports science, but any area of the sports industry. Because the biggest thing, again, another learning lesson that's come to my head right now is his attitude. And gosh, if you have that attitude and really believing in your own self-belief in why you want to do the work you want to do in the sports industry, the better you're going to be in the industry from a career journey perspective. So I really do hope you've enjoyed this podcast chat and apply Christian's career learning lessons relating to your sports career ambition today and make it happen. Now, as always, at the end of each interview, I'd like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Christian said, focus on the basics because success leaves clues. When you nail those fundamentals, you master what you do and you enjoy the work you do. And that's what matters when working in the sports industry. 